the goal of the guest experience and the overall experience is looking like, and it, it's very unique for this area to find these people that are willing to come out an hour and a half outside of a city and understand that the vision isn't in place yet, but be a part of, of putting that in, into play. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs, boutique hotels, and hospitality brands, and the hosts, operators, and entrepreneurs who have brought them to life. Every Tuesday and Friday, you'll meet the military veterans, the retired flight attendants, tech entrepreneurs, the school teachers, the single moms, and the real estate investors who are all, in their own unique ways, shaping the future of travel and hospitality. Discover how these visionaries from all over the world have built chic cabins in the mountains, designed bohemian bungalows on the beach, erected eclectic off-grid and nature-immersed escapes, and so much more. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, the internet's best destination for last-minute Airbnb deals. You can subscribe for free at Spontaneous.com. And I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz, co-founder and CEO of Spontaneous. All right, friends, enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Dylan Barahona, general manager at Canyon of the Eagles, a nature resort and preserve on 940 acres of land located just one and a half hours from Austin, Texas. If you were to have asked Dylan as a 10-year-old what he wanted to be when he grew up, he'd tell you either a professional baseball player or a chef. And while neither of those dreams quite panned out, the latter dream set him on a path to pursue a career in hospitality. And over the last decade, Dylan has become a highly regarded and respected voice in outdoor hospitality. In this episode, Dylan and I discuss how he's reimagining outdoor hospitality through the restoration of 940 acres of Texas Hill Country, the importance of building an event strategy at your glamping resort, the future of fine dining in the glamping space, the opportunities he sees for hospitality entrepreneurs in this space, and so so much more. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Dylan. All right, Dylan, we are live, my friend. Welcome to Behind the Stays. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me on, Zach. I appreciate it and looking forward to our conversation. Well, I want to go back and, and really kind of hear the story of, of your, your story first and foremost, but then I want to talk about Canyon of the Eagles. Uh, I, I like to start my conversations when I'm talking to entrepreneurs and people that are like building cool things by asking them a little bit about their, their childhood. So like if someone were to come up to Dylan when he was 10 years old and, and ask you like what you wanted to be when you, when you got bigger, when you, when you grew up, what, what would you have said? So there was, there was really two paths when I was young that I always looked that I was going to take. And one was being a professional baseball player. And I had my head down, really diving into the athletic world. And then the other path was always looking at being a chef and taking care of people and cooking food for people. And I had this whole imagination of what I would do with Legos, building different cities. And then I would operate this little restaurant with them. And, and it was something that always stuck with me of, I always wanted to take care of people and it was something that that was just very special and in my childhood and and it it obviously pushed me through the career that I'm in in, in hospitality. 
Wow. So did you did you like actually like to cook? Like as you got older, were, like were you, uh, uh, you know, mean in the kitchen, or, or or did that did that translate beyond the Legos at all? It, it did translate beyond the Legos, and it was more of me um, thinking that I knew how to cook when I was younger. So I was, at 10 years old, I would cook eggs and put like cinnamon and sugar on it and just be like, oh, this is a, <laughs> this is the new fantastic recipe that I'm I'm making. And, um, and it, it did translate into some of my career through hospitality where I always kept going back to, I want to understand the kitchen more. I want to understand the culinary aspect more and really ended up finding a, a lot of unique outlets through culinary, but it's not where I really found my passion in the current, in the current phase. I'm not a, a chef or, or really have a, a unique culinary background, but it was something that always drove me and excited me in the, in the hospitality world. Oh, that's, that's very cool. Every time, like I, I feel like and everyone maybe during COVID felt this way, but it was like, oh, we're stuck in ha inside. Like, let's like, you know, try to figure out how to cook a little bit or whatever. And, um, and like, I, I got like pretty good at like a couple things. Like, I, I feel like I can now make like a pretty like mean bolognese. Like, I feel like I, I I've mastered the red sauce, um, you know, and, and yet like every time I think I know what I'm doing in the kitchen and then I talk to somebody who's like actually does this right in maybe not even like as a as a career per se but somebody who's been cooking for like a decade i'm like oh I, I know nothing like i know literally nothing and then i watched i watched the uh the show what is the show on hulu is it called chef not chef it's called um bear bear right have you watched that i i've watched bits and pieces my partner's been she's been watching it for sure <laughs> okay okay well because i because when i watched that i was like there is no way in hell I could survive in in this industry. Like, talk about like people in hospitality, you know, working in short term rentals or hotels or building like really cool like unique uh, uh, landscape hotels or, or resorts. It, it's hard, right? It, it's not for the faint of heart <laughs> for sure. But right, being a chef in a kitchen, oh my gosh, that is like that is so next level stressful. So. Anytime I think I even entertain the idea of like, maybe I should go to like culinary school. I'm like, I just watch, put an episode of Bear on and I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, no way. <laughs> yeah, it really aligns you back into, into understanding what the landscape is. And, and with Bear, it's just like the Michelin star, the really high end restaurants are where yeah where the pressure is just so much elevated and, and everything there. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun show. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to hear the story of Canyon of the Eagle. So do, do us a favor and just like, tell us a little bit about what it is. And then also like, where does the story of it really, really begin? Yeah, absolutely. So Canyon of the Eagles is a nature resort that's located about an hour and a half outside of Austin. And we're, we're located right on Lake Buchanan in, in Hill Country, Texas. And just since COVID, Hill Country and a lot of outdoor hospitality ex experiences have really exploded and taken on such a unique aspect of the entire hospitality and short-term rental industry. And so um, Canyon yeah. of the Eagles started back in uh, 1999. There's a, a nonprofit agency uh, called the Lower Colorado River Authority, and they're a uh, they're, they're not government owned, but they are a public entity. And so they, they had purchased the land and had the concept of turning this into a, a place where guests could come and stay here as well as enjoy the conservation area. And we're sitting on a thousand acres here. And so 
the resort sits on a hundred acres. That's all lakefront, um, beautiful views of the lake. And so um, when LCRA took over, that's the, that's the company um, that owns it. They ended up looking yeah. for a partner to lease the resort and to rent out the rooms and to be a partner within the uh, hospitality end and to run all of the hospitality. So just over the last year, there was a, a new recreational company called Vista Recreation that took over the contract and their goal is to renovate and bring life back into the property. And so there's 61 guest cabins, a full service restaurant on property, uh, three event spaces and 16 miles of trails and just so much potential. Oh, and one of the most unique factors that we have on the property here is having an on-site observatory. So having the night sky huh. and observatory sessions every night is something that really drew me into the property. And I've never lived or worked somewhere that had such a connection to the night sky and the opportunity for the guests here with, with all of these built-in guest experiences. Yeah. And so how did you come into the picture? Like, how did you hear about what was happening here? And, and, and ultimately, like, what was it that compelled you to, to join? Yeah, so about the last eight years or so, I've, I've spent a lot of my time in the niche of outdoor hospitality, glamping, the nature world. So I, I've had a lot of networking and connections in this space. And I actually ended up finding Canyon of the Eagles uh, through a Facebook post when I was just, I finished up one of my contracts last year and was looking for my next my next path and, and the next place to go to. And uh, I was spending a lot of time between Florida and Colorado. I really thought that I was gonna end up on a regenerative farm in Colorado or in Nicaragua. And this this came just from a Facebook post. Someone had had sent me the link to them and said, this property just got taken over and I feel like you could be of assistance to, to bring it back to life. And so I, I started having conversations with Vista Recreation and uh, it, it all fell into place and it was a really, it, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. I was at an industry networking event recently with some incredible hospitality entrepreneurs and there was one topic of conversation that everyone was chatting about. Can you guess what it was? Keep in mind, this was an event with some of the most incredible folks building unique stays, micro resorts, and other unforgettable Airbnbs. So these folks knew what they were doing. These weren't like industry newbies. Any guesses? Can you guess what the hottest topic of conversation was? Well, if you guessed cleaning, you'd be right. You see, it doesn't matter if your average nightly rate is $100 or $1,000, if it's your guest room or the world's most unique treehouse, if the stay isn't clean, your guests aren't going to be happy. And finding the right cleaning team, especially these days, is really tough. But my new friends at Turno help make it easier. Turno is the smartest way to schedule, pay, and find vacation rental cleaners. Think of Turno as an Uber or TaskRabbit for STR hosts. Simply create an account, describe your listing's cleaning needs, and Turno will match you with cleaners near you. And get this, each cleaner's profile is complete with ratings and reviews from other STR hosts, so you know what you're getting into and who you're gonna be working with ahead of time, rather than crossing your fingers and praying that your new cleaner meets your expectations. And you can 
can store all of the cleaning preferences that you have in your account that is associated with each of your listings. This ensures a quality cleaning every time. Turno's auto scheduling feature syncs to your rental calendar and automatically generates cleaning projects associated with guest check-in and check-out dates to be shared with cleaners. After the cleaning, Turno can auto-process payments for you. How cool is that? So no more like Venmoing people over, you know, your iPhone. <laughs> and it gets even better, friends. Turner offers a simple, affordable pricing for STR hosts of any size. Single property accounts and marketplace users get access to all the platform's tools and features for free. And they make working with your existing teams easy too, with plans as low as just $6 per property per month. There's so much to Turno, so I want you to take just five minutes to explore their offering further at turno.com forward slash behind the stays. And the team there is offering behind the stays listeners a $150 Amazon gift card after you complete your first turnover before March 31st of 2024. So don't sleep on this, folks. Go to turno.com forward slash behind the stays to learn more. So it's a property that has been around for, for a while, as you said, since, since 99. Uh, talk to us a little bit about sort of how you guys are thinking about rebranding and 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 sort of like re, uh, you know, let's just say sort of like uh, adding adding new life to 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 this space. Obviously, as you've mentioned before, right? Uh, this idea of nature immersed hospitality, this idea of of glamping, right, has exploded during COVID, and now people are are looking for luxurious like unique getaways that where they can kind of experience the outdoors with, you know, all of the comforts that they love from a four or five star hotel. Right. And, and so this, this new kind of category of stay has, has really emerged. And a lot of folks, right. Are, are buying land and they're building stuff from the ground up. It's, it's an entirely different challenge and an opportunity, right. To, to take something existing and breathe new life into it. So can you tell us a little bit about like, what you guys what you guys are trying to do and, and like the progress you've been able to make so far yeah absolutely so i've only been at canyon of the eagles for about five months at this time at this point um and the minute when i first started talking with them i i did a lot of research in this area and the consistent that kept kept coming up is we're sitting in we're, we're at the very end of a county road you have to drive 15 miles down the road to to get to canyon of the eagle so we're at the oasis at the very end but on your way down this 15 mile road you pass by two other um destinations that are also in i would say in a very similar place of canyon of the eagles looking for rebirth and regrowth and we're really targeting this corridor of mountain biking and it's such a unique aspect mm. to add into Canyon of the Eagles and the entirety of this area where we have the only downhill mountain biking um, location with a ski lift in Texas that is less than seven minutes down the road from us here. So it's about five miles down the road and it's we have a downhill mountain biking um, location closer than any grocery store to us. And so we're, we're wow. really looking at how can we feed this entire kind of stretch of adventure, family-friendly adventure, that that area is a little bit more, I would say, on the thrilling end where our trails are gonna be accessible for any family, anybody to go on and hop on an, an e-bike and be able to ride around on the three and a half mile loop that we've just put into our property. And uh, we're in the process of purchasing uh, a few dozen mountain bikes. And then we're also going to be, there's a park store that's uh, right on the edge of the lake that hasn't been used in, about five years. And so we're, we're in the process of renovating the 
park store and turning it into an adventure hub. And so we're putting mountain biking, pump and corral courses, uh, archery and kayaking and just making that area a, a place where guests can really go and experience and, and bring it all together. So we're, we're really feeding into, I would say, family friendly adventure and a really yeah. big focus on mountain biking. Very, very cool. And and in terms of like the legacy guest who's who's come to Canyon of Eagles, like why why did people why have people come there since since nineteen ninety-nine? And do you guys think that the like demographic of, of guest and traveler that you're that you're targeting is is changing or is it remaining consistent? Like talk to us a little bit about who's come before and how with you guys, your vision of, of breathing new life into the property how that, if at all, kind of changes who, who we're targeting here. So I, I will say our, our legacy guests are, it is very consistent. Half of our, our occupants that, that have been coming since, since I've been here have been reoccurring guests that have been here in the past. So, so Canyon of the Eagles has such a strong reputation on people that have already been here before. And a real strong push of that is, I would say, the the demographic of what you'd expect from like a family reunion. We see a lot of families come here that are looking yeah. to reconnect with each other. Everybody's anywhere between and three hours away from the property. And so it's kind of that central location from Dallas, Austin and San Antonio to be able to congregate in Hill Country in a place where um, you, we have campsites on property as well. We have four campgrounds here. We have an RV park. So all different members of the family, if, if uh, grandma and grandpa want to stay in a guest room and the young young couple family would like to camp but all meet for dinner there's something for everybody and, and a way to to connect and build that so we've really seen a lot of family um family gatherings here on property and i would say a new demographic moving into this future with with family and fun adventure and really being able to add these outdoor elements we're looking at how can we service somebody that's coming from Austin and wants to come up every other month and spend two, two days at Spider Mountain and uh, go downhill at the mountain biking park and really being able to focus on curated events and experiences as well. And that's something where my background is very strong in is building events for gatherings and getting people here through that. And we're, we're in the process of, of putting together some really exciting events. And I think that will also showcase what this new demographic that will be visiting Canyon Eagles looks like. Yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting about, about models like, like yours is there, there are so many incredible uh, sites being built, right? Where, I mean, especially in like the Texas Hill country, like I, I joke all the time on this podcast with people that I talk to is like, I feel like the Texas Hill Country is like like the mecca of like these like unique stays that are popping up. It's just it's like impossible to like not find something, not find somebody's like take on glamping in the Texas Hill Country. Right. Like it's, it's just a, a really like exciting place to to go and find unique accommodations, right? But right, one of the things, one of the I think the challenges is that a lot of these places that are being built, they're awesome, they're beautiful, right? But they're also incredibly expensive, right? Like if you're gonna stay at a you know, treehouse or this like crazy, you know, spyglass thing, like, and spend five hundred to a thousand dollars a night, like, you're you're targeting a, a demographic that is probably more, you know, the uh, the affluent couple in Austin that wants to get away for the weekend, right? 
whereas right there there are lots of families who like to travel there are also lots of people who want to get together with friends and want to travel with their friends and or extended family but everyone has a little bit of a different idea of like the kind of accommodation that they're looking for right and not not everybody can spend a thousand dollars a night at, at a spyglass nor even if they could wants to right so it what's really interesting about what you guys are doing. And I think a big opportunity I see for entrepreneurs is in, in the hospitality spaces is to think about, okay, how do you create experiences that are nature immersive? You, you check the boxes that the general population desires, which is like being in nature, having a nice, like, you know, having a comfortable place to sleep, right? You, you, you cover all the basics, having access to outdoor amenities, all, all that fun stuff. But then you allow for a little bit of variety depending on what, you know, each individual traveler, a part of the that's a part of the group, is actually looking for. So I, I think that the model is just is just really really fascinating. Have you guys found like that to be true? Like, are do you see groups come and some people camp and some people stay in the RV and and some people stay in the in, in the cabins or, or you know is, is that something that will you guys will you guys hope will come but is isn't isn't quite happening yet. Yeah, I would say it's definitely happening on a small scale right now. And October, November, and yeah. December were were very telling months of how I've seen families travel so far. And I, I think this upcoming spring, we're starting to get pretty booked up on that. And also our marketing's just been pretty um, pretty static over the last five years of Canyon of the Eagle. So there yeah. hasn't been a ton of fuel putting in and people understanding during the COVID eras and during these these times where people were seeing all of the the supply being built into Hill Country, Canyon of the Eagles wasn't wasn't being pushed and standing out in in that marketing end. And so we're gonna start seeing that over the next six and twelve months of how we're presenting ourselves to the, some of these uh, some of these travelers. But I, I've seen about a dozen different groups that have been families of over twenty five that were planning their trips together and coming in and booking, you know, a, a private space at the uh, restaurant so that they had their, their family together. And so it, it is definitely yeah. something that I've already consistently seen. And then having had surveys done and talking to the guests that are here on site, understanding that this is something that, that they do desire and that they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I, I th again, I think that the model is super fascinating it's ripe for, you know, disruption to, to, you know, the opportunity that you, that you guys see, right. It's like finding these, finding these resorts, right. Finding these places that have been around for, for a while. Right. But, but need new love, need new attention. And quite frankly, like <laughs> need, need better marketing. Right. So, so people understand, oh, wow. Like this is not, you know, pictures that are from the, the late nineties yeah. on the website. Like this, this is like, let's put some like drone footage up, right. Of like, Hey, like this is an in incredible piece of property that we have. We've got these thousand acres. We've got mountain biking. Like let's, let's put together some like highly produced reels, right? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> in some, in some sense it's, it's so basic. Right. And yet it's, I think that there's huge opportunity again for entrepreneurs to find a place like this, go in and, um, and make it their own. And, and, and quite frankly, just like Instagramify it, if, if you will, right? Like, like that, that there is there is something to be said for 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 doing that. I, I, I want to hear a little bit more about events, because I know that that plays a huge role in in kind of your guys's business model and, and how you're thinking about taking King of the Eagles to the next level. So talk to us a little bit about like event strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been I've been lucky enough to bring on um, an event producer that I've been working with for the last 
seven years and she is incredible at her job on on each of the projects that we've worked on and so me and her have been collaborating on what we foresee some real big opportunities of making a big impact on Canada the Eagles and so the first event that we're putting through is uh is we're on the line of totality for the eclipse uh in april and so uh-huh. this is a uh-huh. really unique aspect and also something that really drew me to canyon of the eagles with the first year really being a, a huge opportunity of, of getting this property full and showcasing what what a full property experience will look like and so um our on-site astronomer has been preparing for this moment for uh, four years at this point and just all the different <laughs> equipment from solar lenses and we had our, our annual eclipse in october here and so we we walked through we've done been doing different steps by steps of how he's doing different uh solar photography and everything on that but um, the eclipse is just one portion of what we're looking at in a wide range of events. We we were lucky enough to hire a uh, a new chef uh, about a month and a half ago, and the chef came from from New York City, working at uh, at the Metropolitan Museum uh, as the executive sous chef. Wow. Uh, worked at a handful of outdoor uh, event based experience. Uh, retreats and event venues up in upstate New York and in Hudson Valley. So it was really a, a, a very similar background to what, what where I come from and what the the goal of the guest experience and the overall experience is looking like. And it, it's very unique for this area to find these people that are willing to come out an hour and a half outside of a city and understand that the yeah. vision isn't in place yet, but be a part of, of putting that uh, in, into play. And so with the chef, we're looking at outdoor dining experiences. I've worked with outstanding in the field and secret supper in the past of, of just seeing how these long farm tables under a big oak tree at sunset with uh, a brand attached to it and uh, unique outdoor cooking can really change an experience and how somebody can, can, uh, experience the property as a whole. And so we're, we're really yeah. talking about different series that we're going to be producing over the spring, summer, and fall. And we are in the process of looking at how we can build a, a really unique fall experience in this, in this area. Yeah. And so those are, those are a few of the things that we're touching on as well as really nailing down the astronomy and the observatory. Um, we're doing a astrophotography workshop in March and looking at turning that into a series every new moon or doing different star parties uh, in this in this property as well. So a lot of a lot of really unique areas for events and experiences. And I think we're just just touching the surface right now. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, one one of the things I've talked about a fair amount on this podcast before is sort of the whole like food and beverage kind of solution that needs like a lot of these incredible glamping spaces and these incredible nature, you know, uh, immersed experiences, landscape hotels. They're awesome. But like, again, they're in the middle of nowhere and it's really hard to get food, right? Like, like, and in many, many times, like your options are like, you know, fast food or you have to drive like uh, 45 minutes to an hour to, to a city. Right. And, um, and so what I love about what you guys are, are thinking about is like, hey, how do we how do we elevate the dining experience? Right. Because if, if you can solve for that too, to the point where people don't actually have to leave the property if they don't want to, right? Like that and 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 you know, there there are some places where it's like, okay, yes, you can have like a cafeteria food, right? And and that's fine for maybe a day, but like at some point, right? Like you you want you want a you want a nice meal. And so I, I love that you guys are thinking about this because I, I think that the the folks that can figure out 
how to kind of marry this like incredible, luxurious, like glamping experience with also awesome, incredible, unique food experiences. Like that's where you're going to win. That's where people are going to come and stay longer than just like a night or two. And obviously, you know, that, that presents huge opportunities for, for the entrepreneurs behind these behind these days. So I love that you guys are, are, are thinking through that. And, and to your point about like being able to attract this, like, you know, incredible, incredible chef I've seen this, you're like the third or fourth person that I've talked to in the last couple of months where there, there are folks from the food industry that quite frankly are, they're just like burned out. Right. Like, and, and they've worked in some incredible environments. Right. And, and maybe they realize like, Hey, being executive chef at this, you know, Michelin star restaurant in New York city is like, that that used to be my goal. Uh, it's no longer my goal, right? Like I, I want to be able to create and innovate and do amazing things and feed people, but I don't want to kill myself in the process, right? With with what that job these jobs require, right? And so, anyways, it's interesting to kind of see this like talent pool begin to emerge of people being like, "Hey, what if there's a different way of doing this? What if there's like a less stressful, but also like even more creative way of 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 you know, serving people food. And so it's really cool. I think that we're, we're, we're just at the beginning of this and we're going to see more and more folks from, you know, uh, higher end restaurant industry decide, Hey, maybe there's an opportunity to go like build something for myself. You, you know, that's, that's unique at one of these like next generation hotels. Zach, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. And I'm seeing it more and more and more in the the glamping space, the outdoor hospitality space of exactly what you're saying in the curated element of of food with with the stay. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting, man. Oh gosh, I sorry that was a that was a, a tangent, but I but I really do think that there's opportunities. If there's any chefs l- listening in, there are a lot of folks who are building these great experiences that would love to connect with you. Last-minute cancellations suck, and that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I Dylan, I want to talk a little bit more kind of just about you and like and, and like how you see yourself over the next, you know, couple years here at, at Kingdom of the Eagles continue, continuing to develop. And then like, what are some other like aspirations that you have? You, you, you mentioned that you've been in this space for a while. How have you seen it evolve and where do you think we're at right now? And, and what do you hope to, you know, to help do over the next few years to continue to proliferate and, and elevate the, the space of, of outdoor hospitality? 
Yeah, so at Canyon of the Eagles, I really see us nailing down the experiential element, the programming. Us, I, I see this property really having a heartbeat of working in the events realm. We're, we're already doing a lot of conferences and really unique um, events driven for, for guests, but for us to build the events from the ground up and to create programming every every other week where it's drawing in a full property is where where I really see us moving into the next phase. And so just us talking about some of these festivals and dining experiences is really touching the surface on that and looking at really big partnerships, whether it's uh, working with REI to help outfit our our park store and our adventure hub and looking at these different uh, partnerships just on this this corridor that we're on is, is all of the the ways that I'm looking at how we can really take Canyon of the Eagles. And for me, I, I always have this element when I'm working in nature that I look at the properties from where they're they're currently at. And then when I leave or when I when I carry on past past the project and especially looking at the environmental aspect and we're rooted mm. so deep into nature. And it's something that is not talked about enough in the industry when especially when there's a takeover or when there's a transition from ownership or when a company's in, in the process of, of growth, it's really hard to, to as, as more investors come in to justify the additional expenses or the additional time that it takes to do environmental aspects and to partner with the right environmental companies and to make that a standard across all of the employees, because it's not just a, a single thing that you can write on a piece of paper or put into a room. It's something that's a mindset across the entire property. And so I really hope that we're able to embed a leave no trace program into the entirety of the property, going from the guests to the staff and having them embody that. And um, it's something that I, I'm really passionate about and see a huge opportunity here. And I feel like in this region in Texas in general is, is uh, built for that education portion. And so um, that's something that I really hope to be leaving with Canyon of the Eagles. And that kind of blends into what some of my longer term goals are on property and off property is really just looking at these experiences as an opportunity for regeneration and an opportunity to continue mm. to allow the land to grow and to expand and for people to live in harmony with these really unique outdoor places, because we, we have we're the stewards of this land and we're we're so lucky to be able to be working on a public private relationship where in Texas I think this is also another reason why hill country's become such a big um opportunity land for the glamping is because there almost all of the land is private out here and so it's those individual owners that that are responsible for keeping the land to the level that they mm. that they hope for it to continue to to grow and, and to to flourish, and one of our neighbors, he owns uh, forty thousand acres right right next door to us. So we're on a thousand acres, and the the next piece of land is forty thousand acres. So so this whole area and how he's talking about his regeneration and restoration is very very aligned with what I'm looking at in a very long term goal. And so. Um, you know, outside of Canyon of the Eagles, outside of just the the outdoor hospitality and glamping, I hope to to have a staple in regenerative farming, regeneration within mm. hospitality and resorts in general, and then also how that plays into 
not even just short-term stays, but long-term living. How does regeneration and short-term hospitality, these types of venues, how can they create a longer-term living solution? And one of my kind of, uh, one of one of the stars that I always look at is, is Disney and how they've continued to move through these processes. Me being from South Florida, I've always had Disney as kind of my foundation and baseline of hospitality and uh, inspiration yeah. in the whole industry. And with them bringing story living into Disney and how you can now live basically at a Disney inspired property. I see that in a lot of different aspects in hospitality. And I, I really foresee that in regeneration and short-term living where there's this kind of blend of short-term, long-term living and this regeneration altogether. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think you're, I think what I, what I love about what you're saying is there, there's a way to do this. Uh, there's a, there's a way to teach people this, right. Without being in their face about it, without, you know, greenwashing, like there, there's, I think hospitality as an industry actually has this very unique way of like helping teach people these things in a way that isn't abrasive. Um, but, but in a way that's actually fun and, 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 and experiential and unique, right. I was talking to somebody who's, they're like, you know, building a food forest, um, at, at one of the, you know, their properties. And like, they're, they're trying to like help people understand a little bit more about like where their food comes from and like what's in season and what's not. And like the guests can go and they can like harvest the vegetables and, oh my gosh, you know, they're a 10th of the size of the ones that you get in the grocery store because like they're, you know, organic. And in this particular region, like this is how they grow and this is what they look like. And like, that's such a small, silly example. Right. But, but like to your point, that's the way that you end up educating people. And that's the way that quite frankly, you end up inspiring them. They feel so connected to nature because they're staying in this gorgeous place. They're hearing these sounds. They're smelling these smells. They're tasting these, these foods that grew like, you know, right outside their, their stay. And then when they go home, like maybe that does shift their perspective on like waste, right? Maybe that does shift their perspective a little bit on wanting to know a little bit more where, where their food is coming from. Right. And so again, small kind of silly example, but, but I love, I love your mission and I, I love your, your vision. And I, I do think quite frankly, that this, this industry, right. Folks like you entrepreneurs who are building these nature immersed stays, you will have the opportunity to do this in a way that others in, in other industries, quite frankly, just, just don't, uh, cause it comes across as abrasive or it comes across as, you know, you know, greenwashing art comes across as you just telling me like, I need to recycle or whatever, like in insert sort of critique of the day. But if you turn it into no, 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 this isn't like a, a must do. This is like a you get to do this because it's an experience. I mean, talk about like, how magical that is. Absolutely. No. And I think I, I love how you position that as it's not a must do, but you get to you have the opportunity to do this. And that's that's really the goal of what what we're going towards. And uh, when you were talking, it, it really it sparked uh, a concept that we're bringing to life here at Canyon of the Eagles, where um, the fun aspect of it, the creative aspect, the way that we are looking at educating is through it's not through me walking the trails and talking to them, but we're actually building a mascot for Canyon of the Eagles. And um, most people would you, you automatically think that the eagle is going to be the mascot, but it's one of the eagle's friends <laughs> is going to be the mascot and it's an armadillo named Arnold. And so something that I love to do with 
a lot of projects that I work in is to bring a mascot to be able to be the spokesperson to be able to share more. And, and this really came from how like Smokey the Bear was the guy that has helped all of yeah. the fires in the forest service. And so there's, there's elements of being able to use these characters, I feel like, to, to educate adults and children in, in these next levels. So that'll be something really exciting over the next few months that we'll be introducing into to Canyon of the Eagles as well. I freaking love that idea. That's brilliant. And I, yeah, I love, like, how do you go and you create Smokey the Bear in your context? Like, what, what does that look like in a way that makes sense for, for your business and what you're building? That's, that's awesome, man. That's super, super smart. I, you'll have to keep me posted on sort of like how the community, uh, you know, responds to that. Cause that's, that's awesome. Uh, Dylan, this has been like a, an awesome conversation, man. I am super pumped by what you're doing and what you're building for folks who want to book a stay at Canyon of the Eagles and or for folks who are interested in learning a little bit more about what you're doing, folks who might want to help participate and partner in this project. Uh, what's the best way for folks to get in touch? Best way for folks to get in touch is uh, go to canyonoftheeagles.com. Our Instagram has now been act been getting active over the last few months, so you feel free to DM us on Instagram or comment. But our our website's the best place to go to, and if you're looking to book an eclipse stay or one of these experiences, you'll be able to find all of that on our website at canyonoftheeagles.com. Wonderful, and folks tuning in, I'll go ahead and I'll link. Uh, the website in the show notes below. Also, I'll link over to their Instagram. And then if you want to connect with Dylan directly, I'll link his LinkedIn profile in the show notes below. Uh, Dylan, man, this has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for making the time. Likewise, Zach. Thank you so much for having me on. It was, it was great. And looking forward to, to seeing some more of uh, the behind the scenes. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Behind the Stays. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, or find me on X, formerly Twitter, at ZBoozy, that's Z-B-O-O-Z-E-E, or on LinkedIn at Zach Boozy Cruz. If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you, and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while, though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, Spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped, and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show, and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote-unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.